You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst case Elder scenario for here City for right more. here. And it's stopped! Yes! And it's stopped! Totally Matt redeems Elder. himself. <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself. Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! Justin Oliver will break the scoreless tie. Then it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal. Goal. And it is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. Hello there, soccer friends. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer soccer Club. I am your co-host, John, and with me as always, my main man, the Nate Morales. Nate, I really don't think there's a need for pleasantries today. Unless you have anything to note, we probably should just kind of dive right into it. Yeah, I don't know. Nothing much has been happening lately with the club, so I think we just get into what's (laughs) get get into the show, right? (laughs) Yeah, I I I would say so. (laughs) <laughs> Quickly before we start, uh, there's a new new game going on today that John and I are going to try out, and that's uh, John's going to write the close of the show, and I don't know what he wrote for me until I read it, so stick around until the end. Uh, who knows what it says? I promised not to look, and I only only now, uh, with my eyes closed, have, have deleted the highlighting. So once I get there, I'm going to get there, and we'll see how it goes. But uh, <laughs> like John said, big show tonight. We've got, uh, we've got a bird war on the horizon. We're talking about crows versus flamingos. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to recap our team's loss against Joy of the People. Uh, we've, we've got two new members to the 50 Cap Club. Uh, there's a pre- Of course, we're going to preview this weekend's UPSL playoff action and the NPSL uh, regular season finale as we visit Med City. So a lot to do today. Let's dive right in with the big news this week, John. Big bird news, and I'm talking, of course, about the postseason friendly announced by our friends across the border, Forward Madison. They will be welcoming, you guessed it, us to Breeze Stevens Field on September 7th. What can fans that make the trip to Madison expect out of the Mingos? John, I'm not a super big UPSL fan. I love I love the Mingos look. I love the Mingos attitude. Never seen a single Mingos game. So what's their style of play and uh, how they've been holding up over there in the USL? Well, it's it's a Carl Craig style of play. So if you've watched any of the previous iterations of Minnesota United when Carl was involved and then ultimately in charge, uh, you're going to get a team that is has fast-paced end-to-end action, um, some direct style at times, up to you know some dynamic strikers. They can they can play soccer, man. The USL, um, you know, League One is is a very good league. And what you can also expect outside of the playing style is a very much uh, more evolved and uh, a larger version of the the jackass assery and and uh, tomfoolery that we have in the MPSL for <laughs> Minneapolis City. So it's going to be a great experience. It's going to be a really great experience. Their, uh, so you're saying their game day production is a little bit of a, a little bit of a combination between how fun and exciting ours is with maybe the uh, the size and the pageantry of of the United stuff like 
you know, United Game well, Day, pre- pretty tame, pretty basic, uh, nothing super funny when it comes in the. Let's just the, say that it would be like what our experience would be if there was an influx of cash, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> nice. Well, which there was, so that's uh, on the Flamingo side, so that's pretty cool. Um, I got to say, John, the last time you and I were at Bree Stevens together, <laughs> way back in, I don't know if it was 2016 or 2017. 2016. Uh, we had a blast. And Madison, of course, is Madison. So it's fun as hell at all times of the day. And the field itself is a really nice old piece of stonework that is going to have plenty of beer and a really great atmosphere waiting for us. You you hinted at it. They've got they got some goofy shit going on. Um, you know, to the tune of maybe an eccentric millionaire or two have tossed some cash at them. So everything is going to be crazy and pink and blue and uh, the beer is going to flow like wine and it's going to be a good time. Right. And lots, lots of, lots of feathers, lots, lots of feathers. Oh, feathers, feather boas and the like. <laughs> Probably. I mean, I hope the cat head makes it. <laughs> uh, the match has been, this match has been in the works for quite some time. According to what forward Madison says, um, I don't know. I don't know what if you would if you would agree if it's maybe something that we've been hoping for for a couple of years but haven't really been able to put together. What work needs to get done? What kind of work needs to get done to lay the foundation for something like this? I mean, like you said, the USL uh, USL one is very good, and for them to open its doors to to us is is something special because it's not something that higher level teams like to do for various reasons as as we have found over the years. Well, we've been trying to get this on the books for, like like they said, quite a few years, but the problem has always been that our schedules don't align. Like when, yeah. they're, avail- when they're available for, say, a preseason game, like we don't necessarily have our team in full. Uh, we, we have a quality side we could put together, but we haven't been training. And you don't want to like step into a friendly like that with only 13, 14 guys, right? You want, you want a full deck. So we couldn't get it working for like during – their preseason um and then obviously like when we're ready to go their season's underway we don't want to have friendlies during the season if we if we can if we you know for both sides if you can avoid it uh so this one really just aligns which is which is great um as far as like the the work goes um we are going to be without some of our college guys obviously because they're going to be gone by then but if you look at our roster makeup don't have a ton of college guys on it from an mpsl perspective and there there are some some more veteran type players that on the UPSL squad that could could potentially make the jump. And, you know, I'm not saying you want to necessarily go throw a futures kid in the mix, but it would be nice to see maybe a futures, a few, a futures representation on the roster to get some exposure to something like this. Yeah, that would be, how awesome would that be for one of those high school kids to line up against yeah, a USL team, right? Especially absolutely. maybe if he's just about to start his college, college search or, you know, just about to start his college career, that would be really, really cool. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do we have details beyond September 7th is the date? No, not yet. I would just say stay tuned. It's pretty fresh. So stay tuned. We'll, we'll definitely do a full, a, full, uh, a full recap and cover this in more detail as we get closer. All right. All right. So next up, we had, a, we had a game on Saturday. Riding high on the celebrations of our, three, our third conference title in a row, um, the UPSL double, the Futures Program's first class got their day in the sun last Saturday as well. Um, and so the Crows locked horns with the pesky upstarts from the North Conference. Uh, Joy Athletic in the last home regular season game of the 2021 season. We talked about it on the show last week that regardless of what this team does versus the likes of, say, Eris or Dakota Fusion, they get up for our game. 
So mm-hmm. with a light bench of 15 players, the goats took their focus, their, their, their focused shorthand, I would say, um, at, at our home squad. And Nate, tell me how your blood pressure was going into this before kickoff. Uh, you know what? <laughs> this is, this is part of, this is part of my issue. Um, and I, I feel humbled because my blood pressure was not high. Um, you know, we looked at the bench we were, and we looked at, you know, people showing up late and we were just like, this te- how is this team not ready? Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, um, you well, know, it was, it, it was a great lead up to the game when we were talking about celebrating all of these championships and all of these kids on the field. Uh, so it's like, yeah, I was, I was feeling good about this one, man. Okay. Well, let's dive into what actually happened then. <laughs> um, so uh, first half was, was really about as close of a one-way street as you can you could probably have as joy came out willing to kind of throw it all out there which was surprising with the high line of pressure and and how much they were trying to dictate the game being that they were short-handed but i i think they, they put some some really good pressure on on the crows and what this ended up doing was allowing them to start uh, what was uh, allowing minneapolis city um to start their typical ball heavy possession based style really only in their own defensive third where joy was kind of content and letting letting minneapolis city you know the crows do so um outside of a few one-off bursts um <clears throat> of of kind of some some forward play that got that kind of went through the way of lionel bang and um and eli goldman um there wasn't really much substance other no. than what joy was, was throwing at Minneapolis city, a lot of good efforts on goal. They were all got kind of going directly at Matt elder. So there wasn't anything that was of worry, but the worrying thing was that they were starting to create more of, of the chances where typically we, we were kind of the ones in the driver's seat. Yeah. So really, really nothing to report that in the first half, other than it it ended zero zero. And for me, Nate, it was less about I think what Joy was doing. Um, they were doing some good things, but it was less about what they were doing and more about what City was not doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree, dude. I think in my in my notes I wrote down something like, you know, three corners, maybe four shots from Joy the People in the first fifteen minutes. City's defense was maybe less content to absorb their mm-hmm. pressure and really maybe forced to absorb some pressure for the first time all season, which was, which was amazing. Um, yeah. Yep. And I thought that, you know, you, you thought you, we talked about it a lot last week. You just talk about not playing a complete game. Like when you take an entire half out of the equation, <laughs> that's, that's never a good start. Right. Exactly. So the second half came Nate and it had everything goals, a red card, uh, eight minutes of stoppage time, all the all the things. It, it had them all. Uh, yeah. Joy got the scoring started in the 50th minute via a nice run and a, and a and a good calm one v one finish by Emmanuel Iwe, who really was the one who caused all of the problems for the Crows in the back line. And I mean, he's as advertised. He's he's very good. And you know, much like what we did with to Sydney Warden uh, in our our last matchup versus Duluth and bottling him up. Unable to do that to Eway uh, this this match. Then in the 79th minute, our old friend Whitney Brown uh, popped into the equation, made it 2-0, and it was pretty much serious gut check time yeah. for the newly cro- newly crowned champions. Up until this point, Nate, I- I'll be honest, City did not do enough coming out of the half to be in the conversation of, of, of trying to pick up a result in this game until after that second goal. 
yeah, I mean, <laughs> when you think about how Minneapolis City played in, I don't know, what was it, the last 20 minutes of the game, 20, 20 plus minutes when you, when you, when you consider an ex, extra time, uh, that was unfortunately how we should have been playing. We should have been playing the whole game. Um, right. I think that the spark that Nick Hutton added at, mm-hmm. at 50, at 50, at the 54th minute was, was really helpful. I thought, um, replacing him, replacing Kevin Andrews for him was, was, was super, super helpful for the offense. I think, that that joy right back, I think Radia seemed to like want nothing to do with with Andrews. He backed off. He 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 was pointing for someone uh, for other people to pick him up. And just that mm-hmm. whole time, Kevin was not trying to take him one on one, which seems like a rare choice for Kevin, who, right. who has kind of hated to pass all season. <laughs> um, <laughs> so getting Hutton in there for him and getting a really angry physical player into that game was was great but by the 55th 56 minute joy was parking the bus up to nothing right um right and uh and by 75 you know joy's looking to possess we're looking for that extra gear i feel like that once we hit that extra gear damn that would have been a great game if we were if we were in that the whole time yeah absolutely and you know that nick hutton inclusion was part of kind of what sparked after that second goal when the substitutions began to happen as the crows staff pretty much cleared the bench looking for any way out of the hole that they dug for themselves um newly signed creighton product stevenson lamar entered the fray and and he was all about the attack i mean he was involved in so much he worked his way into a bevy of chances but his best coming in the 84th minute when a slot uh, when he slotted home um, on the other end of a fantastic AO pass that went right across the back line in between the goalkeeper and the, and the center backs. Um, and that now we're looking at two to one. So at this point, it looked like joy all season where their defense was on full, like full on leak mode again at the death where they, they couldn't close a game out. Um, and, and I mean, that's, it's not, it's not, I'm not, I'm not making anything up here. They've, they've given up in four of their six losses this year pretty much everything after the 80th minute so yeah. like you said if we could have had that that urgent sense of urgency i mean even at the half not even in the first half but even at the half it would have been a different a different contest um but you know once the fury started city threw everyone forward uh but a great through pass by city legend martin brown jr to his brother whitney saw him one-on-one elder makes a fantastic save but um croyton was there left alone for the rebound goal which was followed by a bout of peacocking and then he took his shirt off and that resulted in a yellow card for unsporting behavior. And then now city's down three to one, but city was able to grab another one back via a great rebound goal by Gatto um, on the broadcast. I had mentioned to, to Eric that, you know, there were two previous chances where Gatto had, had missed a goal scoring opportunity, but I, I said like, he's not going to miss the third one. And on the third one, it was like, he, you know, he, he heard me and he slotted home um, off of a great save by, uh, by Tucker Mann, who had a great end of the game and really kept city out of the net um, on a couple chances that could have been, could have been there. Uh, so there it is. You know, that wasn't enough for us. Joy celebrated like they won a World Cup and uh, and our home <laughs> season's over. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely tough walking. I feel like talking to the players on the field after the game, they de- they took it a lot better than than maybe I did up in the booth. <laughs> partly partly because of how emotional and of uh, how much of a roller coaster ride that last, you know, 15, 20 minutes of the game was. Um, 
you know, it was, it was definitely easy to come down, to come downstairs a little, a little more amped up, but Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, like on a night that saw us celebrate, you know, our UPSL uh, conference and playoff championship for the Midwest West conference on a night that saw us celebrate something like, uh, you know, our, our third in a row NPSL North conference champion. I think the most important thing to, to remember, John is like, what we were, what we did at halftime, and that's really trot out the the Minneapolis City Futures program and showcase them to to a packed house. Oh, it was, sh- there was so many people there. I know, and I think if I could take a page out of out of the joy of the people manual, like as much as it sucked to not win, like winning really isn't everything, and developing those players uh, from from high school on up in a way that that brings kids from all over the community from different communities uh within minneapolis and st paul together to play soccer on a regular basis and really working there and really working towards their development and giving them those giant steps forward in a in an environment like this i think that that was a really cool thing to see and i hope that was that was something the fans took away because um yeah it sucks to lose your first game in a long time um but on on the other hand like the future is super bright and I think moving into this weekend, uh, the future is is looking even more bright for Minneapolis City on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I think you nailed it. I mean, soccer games are played to win or lose, and you don't win all of them, no matter how good you are. Um, on any given day, the opponent can level up or can be better than you. And we saw that joy of people leveled up, and we were kind of on the championship hangover a little bit. And that's okay. It happens. Um, as long as it doesn't happen in the playoffs, right? Like mm-hmm. when, when it happens in the playoffs, it's like, it's truly the kick to the crotch. Right. But in this instance, it was more of the wake up call that, um, that some teams need. And, you know, you'd like to see going untouchable for a season, but you know, you lose a game here or there. It, it doesn't drastically affect what, um, we've already made the playoffs. We've already won the conference. Those are all great things, but now starting, starting this week, it's back to business. It's learning from it, and it's moving forward into Met City, and then ultimately in the playoffs. Yeah, on the field afterwards, Max said as much, right? He Max Kent told me like maybe it's good to have lost now, so that we don't feel like in the playoffs we were we were invincible, right? right. And just yep. to see how this team can uh, can react in different situations that are sure to be thrown thrown our way by teams we've never seen before. Yep, absolutely. So we had some keys to victory. Um, number one, play the complete game. Did not do that. Number two, find different ways to score. I think we did do that. I think that um, a- as we were throwing everything at the goal, we we did show that if we are at the end of a situation where we need to try to play catch up, we can actually do that because we haven't been in that situation in the second half before this season. So mm-hmm. I think that we did a really good job. Um, you know, the inclusion of some of the players you talked about. Um, Stevie Lamar getting on, getting his first uh, name on the score sheet. Gatto coming in and 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 providing a spark and doing what he does best. Um, you know, seeing some of the defenders getting involved in the offensive end. But those are the things I was thinking about when I wrote that key to victory. Uh, number three, keeping the pedal down. I I, I think it, it kind of got stuck uh, up <laughs> for <laughs> for eighty minutes, and then we put it all the way down. And you saw what happened. We scored two late goals and potentially could have had a third. Yeah. So we this is probably the first game all season and not just because it's a loss, but the first game all season where we, uh, we didn't really do a great job on the case of victory. So anyways, it's over new week. Mm-hmm. 
So one other, besides, you know, our, our future showcase and all the trophies, one other piece of positive news coming, coming out of last week was that two more city players joined the 50 cap club. It is incredibly rare at this level of soccer for teams to get that kind of longevity out of players much less for a club to have, what do we have, four or five of those types of players on the roster at the same time uh, now? A, These are, uh, we have four. Yeah. Four, yep. Um, and as a reminder, the existing members of the 50 Cap Club are Will Kidd uh, Aaron, and Aaron Olson, who who both hit 50 games, played for the club, what, earlier this year or late last, late uh, 2019? In 2019, yep, late yeah. 2019. Uh, so the average Spectator might be surprised that these two guys haven't, the two new guys haven't hit 50 caps before this weekend, given that they too have been mainstays at the club for almost its entire history. First up, I think our first ever player interview, one of Minneapolis City's first signings, and a guy whose face is almost synonymous with three points given the iconic Daniel Mick photo, uh, Mr. Matt Elder. John, you talked it up on the broadcast, but let's recap. What does having Matt Elder in that? mean for city's results over the, the 50 games that he's appeared in i mean matt matt wins games as a goalkeeper and I, and i'm not gonna I, I don't say that saying that like he's perfect every time he's in goal um goalkeepers tend to get hung dry and and you leak a few past you because you know there's nothing you can do um or potentially you know you make an error and it goes through so no goalkeeper is perfect but matt has found ways to win games whether it be in regular season um in playoffs in the open cup um he's just that steady presence back there that people are used to having and it and that doesn't take anything away from the other goalkeepers we've had that have logged minutes um for mm -hmm. minneapolis city but we just know what to expect back there and there is a little bit of an intimidation factor when we're playing some of these teams that have uh, their own repeat customers on the roster when they're <laughs> like they're like oh man like matt matt trots out you know with his mascot in hand and they're like we got to face this guy again um, and we talked about it too. It, it, he had some impressive stats as he was our feature player of the game. He in 52 career appearances, he has 27 shutouts, which is uh, over half um, or just about half. And he has an 83% penalty kick save ratio, which is absolutely unheard of. I had to go back to video from 2016 to capture all of that data. <laughs> um, <laughs> And out of the 12 that he's faced over the past six years, so on average to a year, um, you know, take, we never, we've never gone to the death where he's had to, had to face more than, uh, more than um, one, one in a match. But out of the 12 matches that he's faced the penalty kick in, he saved 10. And eight of those were eight of those were on target. One hit the post and one completely went into the parking lot. So that <laughs> that that to me is like a fantastic stat to, yeah. to see. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many more matches we have of Matt Elder as he's getting on in his uh, his personal life, um, but the the presence alone has been successful for him, and and we're super super happy to have, have had him from the beginning. Yeah, that's that's for sure. Uh, the next new inductee into the Fifty Cap Club is a guy that joined the City Movement for our first ever Open Cup qualifying match against Oakland County. He has been, I would say, one of our most versatile players, both as a defender and a midfielder. John, how does uh, how did Charlie come to us? I'm talking about Charlie Adams, of course. And how beneficial has it been to have someone like him on the field game in and game out? You never really need to worry about his defensive responsibility, do you? You don't need to worry about anything with Charlie. 
Um, I, I think that I've, I've said it multiple times, like, and this is no slight to Charlie, his physical makeup is probably why he was never in the conversation to move up in the soccer levels, maybe into the professional ranks. Um, he's shorter. He doesn't look athletic. Um, but what he, what he (laughs) makes up for on, uh, is he is extremely athletic. Um, but also he's just a, a thinker, uh, of, of the game. Like he plays the game in his head to a certain level where he doesn't have to be faster than you. He just out, he, he, he just out positions you outworks you with the simple things and you know, the chazzle dazzle step over, which will yeah. always be famous. Um, just when you don't think that that's coming, it happens. It's so quick. And he's past you. Um, he, he started out his college career at Gustavus as a center midfielder and, and continued on to that all the way into until I put him as a right back in that Open Cup game when I was the coach um, because I needed someone in the back line who we could count on to get forward but be calculated getting forward in the style of play we were playing for that tournament. Um, and he was absolutely it. And then you look at what he's done since then um, you know, he defensively, he shuts down players that on paper look like they should turn him into a turnstile. And, and when he's moved into the center midfield, just his game management and his tackling ability and his, uh, his ability to, uh, to, to walk that delicate line on a yellow card is, is something that, um, is, is super helpful for, for a team. And, you know, we don't know what the future of, the remainder of this year and into next year is, and you could potentially see someone like Charlie moving into back into a midfield role. Um, we don't know. So that versatility is huge and, uh, and just a great guy to have around the club. Like I don't, I, he's going to be one of those guys that'll just, you know, after he's done playing, we'll just still come to practice. Um, and we'll have to tell him to leave, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like he'll just show up with his cleats on. And um, you know, there's been many times where, you know, he's, he's been oft injured and, and he's come to training and ju- just, just to get out of the house and be around soccer. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll say that besides, you know, yes, he's super awesome guy to be around. Uh, you know, it's always great to have him smiling on the pitch. I'll tell you that up in the booth on Saturday, as I was praising pretty much out into the air, Charlie as one of the only defensive bright spots that I saw, right? Like his, you just never had to super worry about his, his guy. He was even, you know, one-on-one against, Against Eway, he was he was decent. Um, you know, someone was like, "Man, what is what is up with you, you and <laughs> you and your love for Charlie?" And I'm just like, "He's he's he's it out there, man. He is fantastic with <laughs> and everything we ask him to do uh, in this club. He's always he's always there with a positive attitude. So really really happy for for him in this 50 cap achievement. Welcome to these true club club legends to the 50 cap club. You are definitely in good company." And uh, hope to see more of y'all in the future. Absolutely. So you might think at this point in the show, it, we would be closing. But wait, there's more. There's so much more. <laughs> the Rookery is still in the national UPSL playoffs, the Sweet 16 of the playoffs to be exact, as they host the Iowa Raptors on this Saturday at 6 p.m. at Nelly. Um, the, a little bit about the Iowa Raptors. Um, <clears throat> they were founded in 2020, during, uh, the COVID year. And this is their first actual year of competitive soccer in the in at all, um, but specifically in the UPSL. They were created out of the wake of our old pals, the Cedar Rapids Rampage. I was wondering. Remember? 
Yeah, if you guys remember those 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 fellows, so they they do operate out of Cedar Rapids. They were actually originally slotted to play in the USL two, but then chose to play in the UPSL. Um, I have no idea why you would make that choice, but they did, and uh, they've been successful. They're members of the Midwest Central Conference. That's the conference that has Milwaukee Serbians, Milwaukee Bavarians, um, a few teams from Illinois. Um, so good company in their conference, some, some really good teams. Um, they finished second place with a record of five wins, one draw and two losses. And they got to this point in the playoffs by beating Detroit United 2-0 in their last, in the last playoff round. I did not know there was also a Detroit city and a Detroit United. So oh. that was, new, that was news to me that there's another team in Detroit. There's so much Detroit soccer, I guess. Yeah, apparently. Um, well, Michigan's got a lot of great soccer players, so it, it, sure. it seems like it, it's it's uh, it's warranted. But yeah, they beat Detroit United. And the scouting report that I got says that these guys can play some good soccer. They deplore, uh, they, they deploy a, a preferred two-striker look that kind of starts out as a 5-3-2 on defense, but then quickly goes into more of a 4-4-2 on offense. Oh. So a little bit of a different look that might um, – it might – actually work in the favor of the three five the prunty three five two but it also might be a clash of style so that will be one thing to take a look at as uh, as that game progresses uh they're also a well-coached side they look to overload a weak side with that other outside back that drops back on defense to then get into the offense so that's some something that we can look at as well to to potentially cause some problems so if you're interested in checking out the match you can head on over to mplscdsc.com for tickets as we plan to pack the nelly with what should be the biggest test to date for the rookery is cedar is this cedar rapids team because when they were the rampage they were a they were also an indoor team right it was kind of like their, their pla they, squad so kind of different so it's, it's mostly not a, college players. Have, okay. So not the not at all really the same organization, just kind of founded out of the ruins of the rampage. Yeah, the wake. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. All right. Cool. That makes sense. So uh keys to the game, keys to the game for this big one. Biggest game yet for our UPSL squad. What are we looking at? Uh number one is whether a likely early storm. I think that it's going to be different. I think it's going to be uh different in a way that we've never seen before. I think that that we're now getting to what we have talked about all year long in that the UPSL Midwest West Conference is its own weird animal. Mm -hmm. And last week, the playoff game against Granite City was probably our first taste at at the different things that people are going to throw at us in a playoff scenario, specifically as we get out of our conference and into the region. So I think that there's going to be some different stuff that our, that, that our team's gonna have to quickly manage, quickly understand, and quickly figure out how to fix um, so that we can get back on the front foot with the style of play that they like to play. Uh, number, number two, eliminate any bad turnovers. That's been something that has kind of plagued the team I think over the past couple weeks, you saw it against mm -hmm. Granite City. Some of just like the bad sideways errant passes in the defensive third that uh, a quality attacker or a quality midfielder, when we start getting against these, some of these better teams, is going to just feast on. So we want to try to eliminate those bad turnovers and be okay with clearing our lines, getting the ball out of the back, and then looking to refocus and then get the ball back in, with uh, with our structure versus having to chase. Uh, and then number number three, we, we haven't had to say it in a while for this team, but I think it's even more so important now than in the previous games. 
score that early goal. We're in, we're in playoff soccer now and you need to get that early goal. That early goal can, can potentially win or lose you a game. Um, so now it's super important. So game kicks off on Saturday, the 17th at 6 PM at Edward Nelson field on the campus of Augsburg university. So just be there people get on out there. Just be there. <laughs> That's it's going to be such a good time. Good atmosphere. It'll be nice to, to show off a, bigger crowd or show show this mc2 team hopefully a bigger crowd than, than they're used to it's going to be it's going to be a good time mm-hmm. um absolutely so no need this week to spin around on the npsl since we won it we can go straight to talking about our final regular season match away against med city by most accounts john med city has had the season that they were supposed to um losing only to duluth and to us but unfortunately both you know not splitting with duluth losing both games puts them at least at three losses this year and down to Duluth on the tiebreaker. So even if both teams lose or both teams win, Duluth has the number two spot locked, right? Correct. And the, the difficult thing that we've mentioned is the late start that, that both of those teams got because they wanted to get more of their players in and try to build that cohesion as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. It, and plus the fact that they, that med city has entered into the NISA independent cup, which is one of the reasons why we did not is because they now have had two NISA independent cup games at the death of our league, our league play. Plus they have a makeup game against Aris. Now they're looking at like five games in nine days. And that is way too much especially for a team that we talked about not having that strength of depth that they've had in the past. And, and the foundations of that team started to really crack towards the middle of the season when they kind of came out hot uh, right away. And then they've had some pretty dodgy results with some expected wins in there. Right. But they had some Mm -hmm. dodgy results that I think they could have that, that, that two game dip to Duluth, I think could have been avoidable if they were to have, you know, been able to space that out and not play them in you know two games in five in days week. or whatever it was How yeah crazy. so um so yeah I, I mean i think duluth pretty much has it locked up um unless something weird happens on friday which we hope it doesn't <laughs> yeah uh by most accounts i think uh you know well let's just say going to saturday med city doesn't have much to play for right but pride like you said unless something weird happens but they're also on the tail end of all those games um in that in, in that Invitational Cup tournament. So who knows what they're going to throw at us. Last time out, Med City approached the game in Minneapolis totally tactically wrong. Yes. They did, they did not seem at all interested in building the attack beyond some long balls to Arlo Lombo. And on a hot day, Minneapolis City punished their complacency by making them really chase the ball side to side. It was like 90 degrees outside, hotter on the, hotter on the turf. And I don't know what the hell... like. Minneapolis City was were just kind of going side to side, content to look for openings, not not forcing the issue, not giving Med City any opportunity to counter, and they, Med City seemed fine with that for some reason. It really wasn't, and it wasn't until the second half that the scoring began. But who cares? Like after a, a PK and a Kevin Andrews goal, Minneapolis City had the win, and we had about 80 percent of the possession on the day. Like you got to just wonder, like what were they thinking? Well, they started out coming at us right away until about like eight minutes into the I was game. Gonna, when, yeah, for five when, minutes. When they realized like, because what was happening was the their pressure was so disjointed where it was only like maybe the front four going at the press. Mm-hmm. And then we had six players in the back 
with um, with I believe Ian Smith and um, I think Dom Mejin got the start in that game. Um, or no, maybe it was Ian and uh, wh- whoever it was at the six and Max Stewart um, dropping back and just easily five yard passing around that press, which then turned around into yeah. us having control of the midfield and then into the into the attack. I. I don't know why they did that, but at least they realized it right away. And then it was like, how about we bunker down and weather the storm here because it's hot as hell. And it just didn't work for them. I, I, I agree with you. There's no way that they come out like this, but they may come out the same way with high pressure to see how it works. But if we can, if we can quickly break it down, which I know I, we've seen that we can, it could be the same exact game, but it's going to be at their place. It's going to be, you know, they typically draw well for when we come into town, we typically bring a good crowd with us. Um, it's been our season end cap for the last four seasons. I think we played them at the end, at the end of the season. So I think that there's going to be a little bit more, um, more to play for, especially if you know that you're probably not in the playoffs. Like a win against us is like making the playoffs for some of these teams. (laughs) And you did read ahead a little. I think my, my, my point on this is like, that's (laughs) right. It's like, no way is Met City going to approach the same, the game the same way again, especially after joy got three points from us by coming straight at us with, with that, with that pressure, with that offensive pressure. So Minneapolis mm-hmm. City definitely has to expect that the medics are going to ratchet up the attack, um, at least to finish the disappointing season on a high note. And who can help with that on their squad? Well, of course, our old friend, Tyler Oliver. Uh, and there's also uh, Aro Lombo, who's very good. There's Jack Hilton Jones. There's Colton Prater. Ayrton Redmore has scored a, lot of, scored a lot of goals for them. All of them have proven dangerous here and there in spurts. I guess the question, John, is, is are they going to be able to put it all together uh, in, against the Crows D that's going to be coming off last week's wake up call. Hopefully, you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a really good question. I don't think that there's, I have an answer for it right now. I just know that they're good. They're going to have something to play for because it's us. They're not ending the season against Dakota fusion. Right. Yeah. So like, I think that they're going to, they're, they're, they're going to be up for it. Um, they definitely don't want to drop any points. So, well, I don't know. We'll see, but I still think, though, that regardless of what happens in, say, a first half or beginning of a second half, it's, we have too much depth for what they have. But we also thought that last weekend we just didn't play that complete game. So I don't know, man. It's going to be fun to see. I'm going to head down. I'm taking the day off tomorrow to, uh, to or whenever you're listening to this today, tomorrow. I'm taking the day off Friday to, to, to head to the game because uh, this one is important for us. And I, I definitely definitely want to check it out. So keys to victory. Um, number one, I think this is a no-brainer. Rebound from a loss with passion. Like, take out the joy frustration that you might have. Forget, <laughs> about the, forget about the fact that the joy game result happened. But don't forget, like, about it for, like, 5%. And take that 5% and take it out on, on Med City. And show the conference that we're not and, – and the region that we're not faltering at the end of the season. But it's just a blip in the, on the radar. Yep. I think number number two speaks into what happened in the last game. They had no answer for our, our possession. So control the game through possession. I think what I talked about in the joy game is possessions is well and fine in your back third, but if you're not getting it into the offensive third or in, off, uh, in the med city half at all, that becomes a problem. So look to try to move the, the possession – across the halfway line a little bit further. So maybe every single pass we make, we move up like two, three steps 
And then all of a sudden we're in their half, they're pinned back. We have the opportunity to figure out ways to break them down um, and, and, and go about it that way. And then number three, do, do absolutely whatever it takes to win. Like if, (laughs) if we find that the possession based style of soccer is not working and we have to get direct, we have to get ready for playoff soccer where anything will do. So you got to make those changes. You got to make those adjustments immediately. Yep. If something is not working, then you have to find the next thing to try. And if that doesn't work, you go to the next thing and you keep going until you find what works. And if it's not our first option, don't stick with it too long. Don't completely abandon it, but don't stick with it for a whole entire half. And then all of a sudden we're looking at, you know, having to scramble in a second half or yeah. scramble at the end of a second half. So check out MedCity's MyKuju page. Uh, what's it called? 11 Sports now, I guess what, whatever the app's called. But check oh, yeah. out their uh, their page uh, to watch the stream live. And it's listed as a kickoff of 645 in, down in Rochester, which is interesting. We haven't really had a 645 kickoff this season, but uh, there it is. That's right, John. There it is is and that is all for this week's show folks thank you to our show sponsor <laughs> footballstadiumprints.com summer's wine no the summer can't be winding down but it, it might be soon friends and it's high time that your soccer wardrobe um that you upped your soccer wardrobe with some of the best stadium design wear on the planet before these lower league seasons end and european league seasons start if you're like me and you prefer to cut the sleeves to show off my baby arms or you want to finally design comfortable shirts to take attention away from your oddly shaped body and you want to do it in style, footballstadiumprints.com has options that feature amazing prints of some of the greatest stadiums in soccer, including the Nelly, the home of the Crows, as well as other things that distract people from looking at me like coffee mugs or posters on my wall or notebooks. <laughs> and what's better, City fans can head on over to footballstadiumprints.com and they use code CROWS10 to save 10% off of your order. That is CROWS1010. And you can rock the home of the Crows and all the rest of your favorite soccer teams on your shirt, walls, mugs, anywhere. Thanks again to our friends at footballstadiumprints.com. Please remember, they may be overseas, but know that all U.S. orders ship from the U.S., so there are no additional international shipping charges if you have purchased anything please go over to the old Google review machine and put in a plug for how happy you are with any of your purchases. That wasn't that bad, right? That That was, oh, that was it. That wasn't that bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I dropped into you. You have a baby arm and an oddly shaped body. So I figured it was. (laughs) Yep. All right. Well, if giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it is time to give to the club that gives back. Minneapolis city is a 501 C three that provides a safe, reliable and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game. Just like through our future scholarship program, uh, that is very cool. Consider a tax-deductible donation to a true city-focused organization. Look, the regular season might be coming to an end. There's got to be something, some juice that you want us to squeeze out of the out of the old information machine before the playoffs begin. So get your questions in, people. Send us some mail. It is easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. Finally, complain to the club at mplscity. SC. Thanks for joining us this week. And that does it. I am Nate. That was John. Join us for that sweet 16 UPSL action at home at the Nelly on Saturday. Let's make sure to pack that place and be sure to go online and support your crows on Friday night as we hope to hold on to the number two seed in the entire country. Uh, I, tr- I do truly have an oddly shaped body. So, it- <laughs> <laughs> so until next time. Oh, you got, I got, you, I, you I got, got hooked. <laughs> <laughs>